Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Yesterday, while at Dinesh D'Souza's premiere of his new film, 2000 Mules at Mar-a-Lago, we had a chance to speak to judge and current Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert over the significance of the Supreme Court leak and the potential long-lasting damage to the institution. Here's a look. Well, it has never happened in American history, so that should tell you something about how important it is. And then when you get down, the only motivation for leaking had to be to evoke protests, riots, threats to the judges that were going to vote in the majority. So when you realize somebody at the Supreme Court uh, was actually hoping to create enough havoc havoc that it would intimidate other Supreme Court justices, uh, it is absolutely outrageous. And I know it violated ethics, and hopefully uh, there's a statute that's violated. And I know Merrick Garland uh, is out looking behind and under every rock and bush for uh, uh, domestic terrorists, but we need to be protecting the Supreme Court justices from domestic terrorists. Uh, I don't know if Schumer will go back out there and threaten them, um, but it is important that the the Supreme Court and the courts resolve our issues. That's what I was hoping to have done uh, before January 6th, uh, because that's what the courts were created for. Uh, But apparently the intimidation of the Democrats has worked in the past. Uh, It appears to have uh, caused Roberts to flip from voting to overturn Obamacare. So he's not one of the majority, the way I understand. I mean, that's the rumor. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, but we have got to uh, find the leaker. And unlike the FBI, when they find leakers in the FBI, uh, they promote them, reward them, give them more money. We can't keep doing that. Congressman, there's been so much distraction from the actual substance of Justice Alito's um, opinion. When it comes to the substance of it, I think a lot of people are getting, you know, emotion and talking points from mainstream media that this is taking away uh, women's rights and so on and so forth. When it comes to the Constitution and the rule of law, how on target was the opinion from your perspective? Well, from what I read, it was completely on target. It was a bullseye uh, because, as Alito's draft said, there. Uh, Uh, There is no right to abortion mentioned in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or any amendment. So that was a total fabrication uh, from shadow of a penumbra, but it wasn't in the Constitution. And so as the opinion pointed out, therefore the intention of the Constitution was to leave those social decisions to the voters, to the individual states. And that's what many of us have been saying for a long, long time. That was not intended for 
some, you know, dictator at the Supreme Court. It was meant to be decided by the people in each state. Uh, same issue on marriage. That's not mentioned in the Constitution. So they went way out of bounds beyond the Constitution to rewrite the Constitution. So anyway, we'll see if uh, the intimidation efforts by the Democrats work. And I'm hoping and literally praying that it won't work. Pro-life groups this week are working to expose what appears to be five babies that were allegedly killed in an abortion procedure after partial birth. This happened at a D.C. abortion clinic back in March. A.J. Hurley is the director of Survivors of the Abortion Holocaust and is involved in this call to action. Entities Melina Wisecup had a chance to sit down with him. But before we show you the interview, please be aware that the footage you're about to watch is graphic and may be disturbing for some viewers. AJ, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me here. Could you explain what you guys are working on? Yeah, so uh, last month, a box of 115 babies was uh, found as disposed outside of an abortion clinic. Inside that box was five late-term, almost full gestation, full-term gestational age children overwhelming evidence, prima facie evidence of uh, partial birth abortion and infanticide, which are federally illegal, and we want an investigation and an autopsy. So why do you think it's important for this investigation to happen? I mean, we, we see those graphic images, yeah. and I, I think that a lot of people don't connect when they say that they support abortion, they a lot of times don't think that it could happen even in such a late term sure. as 35 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important not only to expose this, but to see the actual victim images, right? So like you said, people have been told and lied to for like the 50 years now that it's just a clump of cells, whereas we have released images of babies this big, me holding them, describing exactly what happened to them, and babies viable, pain-capable babies, all of which could have survived outside of the womb with little to zero help. And this is the uh, type of abortion extremism that is represented in America and in most, most extreme uh, fashion in states like D.C. and New York. So, AJ, that must have been really heartbreaking for you to actually hold those whole babies yeah. in your hands. Can you explain what that experience was like? You know, people ask me this question. All I can say is I don't think my psyche could fully grasp but what was happening. Um, it felt cold. It felt dark and demonic. My brain could not separate these precious image bearers of God, these precious children that I got to hold in my hands and the unspeakable depravity, not only in what who did this, but the legislators and the people that made this happen and let this happen every single day. It was wrapped up in one, and it was as if I was cold, holding a pure and unadulterated, precious display of depravity. Mm -hmm. 
Now, with that in mind, you mentioned to me uh, the other day that one of the things your organization is do doing is trying to resist the culture of death. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what does it mean? What does the culture of death mean, yeah. and why is it important to resist it? Yeah, you know, what's unbelievable is, you know, even, so I work with even pro progressives, far leftists. Many people, even on the far left, resist any form of violence from uh, from the government, except when it comes to this. So for many people, uh, this arising a a movement of, of cultural uh, moment where we are now celebrating infanticide. I mean, we have several uh, states now, like California and DC, uh, not DC, Maryland and uh, Colorado now have whole bills that have perinatal clauses in them that you can uh, abort, basically, uh, lead to the, uh, the death of a child even after, several weeks after a uh, baby has been born and no civil or criminal crimes uh, are committed. And, and so, you know, this is nothing other than descriptive of a total whole-scale culture of death. And for many people, it's interesting that the only type of violence that they would hold to from the government is the systematic violence against the unborn. You know, in speaking about Justice for the Five, the group and what the work that you guys are doing, we do know that there is there are progressives that you're working with, more mm -hmm. far people who are politically far left sure. in other areas, but they you you do unite on this fact, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting because it's very rare that you see conservatives joining with progressives yeah. for a certain cause. So I want to ask you about the politics. There's so much politics mm -hmm. around this. Do you think it's more of a political question or a values question? It's a values question. I mean, th this has been politicized by them not us. So I'm holding whole babies in my hands and anybody who tells me protecting a human being is a political matter and that I have politicized that, I would say you've incredibly lost your moral standing and we have lost our sanity, our ever loving minds in America to politicize the destruction and dismemberment of image bearers of God, human beings. And that is what's wrong with the cultural, political and moral climate of this country. Thank you for your time, AJ. Thank you. Worries mount as Title 42 might be coming to an end. What is the administration doing to prepare for this expected influx of illegal immigrants? The Biden administration wants to lift Title 42 in just about two weeks, but are we ready for it? I would not say that we are not prepared. What I would say is that we are preparing. Department of Homeland Security officials are trying to quell fears among lawmakers about the expected surge of illegal immigrants. We are expecting a lot more people to come. At a Wednesday hearing, they cited a six-point vision laid out by DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, which includes shifting manpower, speeding up processing, and issuing deportation orders. These preparations will help us to address the challenges at our border more effectively while protecting the safety and security of our communities. But that wasn't convincing enough, even for some Democrats. As of this moment, I do not feel confident that um, the system is ready. Is that people keep telling me, but we have a plan, and it isn't clear that having the plan and actually having the resources on the ground to meet the goals of that plan are the same thing. Was described, but Republicans, meanwhile, 
pointed to an already unprecedented level of illegal migration in 2022 and what could be worse after Title 42 ends. What you are saying is that without Title 42, you're going to have a lot more people who come to the border and say, I have a credible fear, and like others, they'll be allowed to come into the country. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. Okay. And the most heated exchange played out between Senator Josh Hawley and a top border policy official who refused to call the border situation a crisis. But it's not a crisis. It is a challenge, sir. And suggested that the lifting of the public health order will instead decrease illegal border crossing. Because of the lack of oh, wow. consequences. So, de- so eliminating it will, will then, you think, decrease the amount of illegal immigration? I think over time, once we start reimposing significant immigration consequences on people at the border through our use of expedited removal. Over- wow, that is news. And the rule still faces an uncertain fate. A federal judge has put a hold on its scheduled lifting, and there will be a hearing next week with a final ruling expected. Congressman Troy Niels is another member of Congress representing a border state district. We caught up with him yesterday when it comes to the rescinding of Title 42, and he tells us that his constituents are worried. Well, what my constituents in Texas 22nd and Christ, across the entire state and across the country are looking at Mayorkas, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, who's looking at the American people and saying to them, the border's closed, everything's under control. It's not. It's a crisis. And if you really are really serious about ending Title 42 here May 23rd, I would ask you to reverse, stop, pump the brakes, because we've had millions of people come through our southern border since Biden's been in office, and now with ending Title 42, you're going to have hundreds hundreds of thousands more every month. And it's got to stop. Where are all these people going? We do know that they're flying around to all the different states across our entire our country, and it's irresponsible. And, and quite honestly, I almost think it's criminal. I almost think it's criminal what they're doing, knowing the amount of drugs that are coming through and the human trafficking, the suffering that is taking place with these people coming through our southern border. It must stop. We must reverse course. There's statistics. The facts are out there. The fentanyl that's coming through is killing thousands and thousands of people. Absolutely. And if you really want to stop all of this, you secure the southern border. Listen, I was there for the inauguration January 20th. Biden's up there telling everybody he wants to work with his friends on the other side of the aisle. I see very little of it. What he had to do was just shut his mouth. He didn't have to do anything. Keep the remain in Mexico policy, right? Build the wall and we would be a much safer place today. But no. This man, Joe Biden, hates Donald Trump so much, he was going to reverse that policy knowing, fully knowing, it was going to harm the American people. But he's never put the American people first. It's his ego and his attitude. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.